Well, what a week it's been. It's been such a week that uh, I almost don't know where to begin this morning. Um, Friday, as I uh, rolled into Dallas and um, into SMU, um, stopped at the local market and picked up a few things for dinner to take to my hotel room in preparation for uh, Saturday's class there at Southern Methodist. Uh, It struck me that the atmosphere was different. The atmosphere was very different in Dallas than it has been. Uh, a, a blow has been struck by those powers and principalities that we do battle with. Not the ones of flesh and blood, but the ones who motivate people to do things like what occurred in Dallas. The judgment of Amos in that story, the judgment of God through Amos, revealed to Israel through the prophet, came upon Israel because they were not obedient. Bad things happen when we're not obedient when we step outside the will of God, when we don't dwell in the Spirit. On the way home from Dallas, completely unexpected, uh, as I drove south on I-45, at virtually every overpass, between the city limits of Dallas and Corsicana. That's a lot of overpasses if you've ever driven down I-45. Virtually every overpass, there were emergency vehicles, fire trucks, police cars, people with flags, banners, uh, in support of the families of those fallen police officers. And it struck me that the Holy Spirit was at work despite what the atmosphere was like in Dallas going in. The return trip home was victorious. But we need to heed the warning. We need to get our spiritual ducks in a row. We need to fall within the will of God. Because the powers and principalities will keep coming unless we abide in the Spirit, which is where our protection 
and our sanctuary and our strength and our victory lies. The epistle for today, as we continue our exploration of Paul's letters to the churches, uh, this time in Colossians, what on the surface appears to be an ordinary letter from Paul to the church in Colossae is from the very salutation down to the last sentence a powerful message for us, the church. And he begins his letter in much the same way you or I would begin a letter with a salutation that says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. He's saying, I, Paul, who have been sent on a special assignment by Christ as part of God's master plan. Together with my friend Timothy, I greet the Christians and followers of Christ who live in Colossae. May everything good from our Father God be yours. See, Paul asserts in this brief salutation that his calling is individual, is personal, is special. And that's not just true for Paul. Each of us as believers is called individually and God has a ministry and a mission, a purpose for each of us in the kingdom as a valuable member of the body of Christ. And my question for you this morning is, do you know what your purpose is? Have you explored your mission and ministry for the kingdom? Have you discerned what spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit has given to you and have you taken steps to put these gifts to work for the advancement of the kingdom of God which is here now. It's here now. It's not just a hope for the future. It is that. But that's not all that it is. Paul's letter continues in verse 3. He says, In our prayers for you, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before. In the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. 
Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So Paul is saying that our prayers for you in Colossae are always spilling over with thanksgivings. We just can't quit thanking God our Father and Jesus our Messiah for you. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, he says. And the love you continually extend to all Christians. He says the lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack. Tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. Hope is a powerful thing. It's a powerful motivator. Hope in Christ. Hope is not, well, I hope I win the lottery. No. Hope means certainty. Surety. Guarantee. The gospel is as true among you today as when you first heard it. Paul says, it doesn't diminish or weaken over time. And it's the same all over the world. The gospel bears fruit and gets larger and stronger just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epaphras. And then Paul compliments Epaphras. He is one reliable worker for Christ. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love had been worked into your lives by the Spirit. Colossae got a good report. Paul praises and thanks God for this congregation at Colossae, and he praises them for their steadfast faith and for their continued growth in Christ. And we need to take time to do that. We need to take time this morning to thank God for this congregation here at Countryside. We need to praise God for His continued work through you and acknowledge your faithfulness and hunger for the Lord and for His Word. We need to say thank you, God, for those of you who are faithful to attend church regularly. We need to thank God for those of you who Understand that a generous giving of your tithes and offerings is not because God needs the money, 
but because you and I need the spiritual benefit and blessing of having a compassionate, giving heart for the purposes of God and the advancement of the kingdom. You see, it's not about the money. We need to thank God for those of you who come to Bible study so that you can be equipped to do the mission and ministry to which God has called you. We need to thank God for those of you who do the business of the church, who serve the community food pantry, who gather gifts for Christmas angels, who knit prayer shawls, who serve as ushers, who participate in the worship service, who serve as lay servants, who play music and sing, who do the landscaping, who visit the sick, who pray for the congregation, who pray for the community, who teach our kids, who sit in the nursery, and on and on and on for the glory and the honor of God the Father and for His Son, Jesus, and by the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit, thank God for you. Thank God for you. Church can't be the church without you. You are the church. Paul continues in his letter, For this reason... Since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. In and of ourselves, it has been my experience that it is nearly impossible to endure without the strength of Jesus Christ. This week is a prime example of that. Everything that has transpired in this congregation and without in the world, in Dallas, in Montana, in Baton Rouge. We cannot endure. We cannot emerge victorious without the strength of Christ. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Paul saying that I want you to be assured, church, that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you. Isn't it interesting that when they get a good report about the strength of the church in Colossae, 
that they begin earnestly praying. Why is that, do you suppose? Because Paul understood that when we step out in our faith, in our belief, and start doing the work of the church in the world, that's when Satan stands up and takes notice. And that's when the attacks come. If you are a church, if you are an individual that is not struggling in some way, get busy doing the work of the church. Satan will leave you alone if you're idle and doing nothing. But if you are busy doing the work of the church, one, you are protected. In your faith, you are protected from the powers and principalities. So do not fear as you step out in faith and do the work of the church in this community. But do it with the full knowledge that every day you get up, you need to put on that full armor of God because as a soldier for Christ, you will draw fire from Satan. We pray that you'll live well for the master, Paul says, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It's not willpower, it's God's power. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us. And then he closes by saying, God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He's set up in the kingdom of the Son He loves so much. The Son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. How do we continue to grow in the faith? How do we remain faithful? How do we remain steadfast in our mission and our ministry? How do we stay on course? How do we continue to live lives and do good works that honor and glorify God? In other words, how do we be worthy of our calling? Well, if we take Paul's letter to heart, it is clear that we do all of that by prayer. We must pray earnestly and without ceasing for those specific things. Prayer is the most powerful weapon in our arsenal against the powers and principalities that come against us and our mission and our ministry in the world.
in the Gospel of Mark. In the ninth chapter, there is an account about Jesus healing a boy of a demon after the disciples were unsuccessful. Even though they had been given the authority to cast out demons. The story goes, when they came back down the mountain to the other disciples, they saw a huge crowd around them. And the religion scholars cross-examined them. As soon as the people in the crowd saw Jesus, admiring excitement stirred them. They ran and greeted him. He asked, what's going on? What's all the commotion? A man out of the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my mute son, made speechless by a demon, to you. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and goes stiff as a board. I told your disciples, hoping they could deliver him, but they could not. Jesus said, What a generation. No sense of God. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. They brought him. When the, the demon saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a seizure, causing him to writhe on the ground and foam at the mouth. He asked the boy's father, How long has this been going on? Ever since he was a little boy. Many times it pitches him into fire or the river to do away with him. If you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. Jesus said, if? There are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried, then I believe, help me with my unbelief. Seeing that the crowd was forming fast, Jesus gave the vile spirit its marching orders. Dumb and deaf spirit, I command you out of him and stay out. Screaming and with much thrashing about, the demon left. The boy was pale as a corpse, so people started saying, he's dead. But Jesus, taking his hand, raised him and the boy stood up. After arriving back home, the disciples cornered Jesus and asked, Why couldn't we throw this demon out? And Jesus answered, There is no way to get rid of this kind of demon. There is no way to get rid of this kind of demon except by prayer. When all else fails, pray. That's the way we often approach our circumstances, isn't it? Why is it we reserve the most powerful weapon in our arsenal for last instead of praying continually for the protection and the will of God to be manifest in our lives? Instead of praying when everything else has failed, why don't we just pray first? The disciples 
lived with, ate with, walked with, studied with their teacher Jesus for three years. And they were given authority to heal the sick and cast out demons. And yet when it came to this particular demon, only prayer could send it packing. You see, it's not enough for us to know who Jesus is, to know His Word, to know His teaching. We have to tap into the power that moves the mountains, the power that smooths out the rough places, the power that raises the valleys, that heals the sick, that raises the dead, and provides restoration and redemption. We have to plug into the Holy Spirit power and we do that through relationship with Christ and prayer. So my prayer for you is very much like Paul's. May you be filled with the knowledge of God. May you be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. And secondly, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. All honor and glory to God the Father in the name of the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.